MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better welcome inside the VSIN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. This is Betting Across America presented by Bet MGM. Femi Abebefe rolling alongside James Salinas out there in Colorado. James, happy Easter, buddy. Happy Easter to you, my friend. Hey, I'm sitting here. The family's off at church services while this old heathen's here <laughs> hanging with you, talking sports betting on a Sunday morning for Easter Sunday. So, hey, uh, honestly, well, they're not listening, so happy to be here with you, my friend. I, I was going to say, I like the juxtaposition of that. Your family over at church, and here we are talking about bets no better way to celebrate the Easter holiday. Right. And we got a great show over the next three hours for you guys. Make sure to tweet at us. We want to hear from you at VEASAN Live on Twitter. At Rounding Again is where you can find James. At Femi Abebefe is where you can find me. It's the opening weekend of the NBA playoffs. We had four game ones yesterday, four more game ones today, and also a trio of great guests on this Easter Sunday. All in the third hour, Mia O'Brien, host of 1010XL Primetime in Jacksonville. There's been some alignment movement with the first overall pick market in the NFL draft. We'll try to make sense of it with Mia. John Doss, sports anchor of WEWS in Cleveland, will join us to help us in our road to the draft, which will take us to Northeast Ohio. Also, Baker Mayfield could be on the move soon. We'll discuss that with John. Adam Burke, VEASAN host and writer, will join us for two segments at 11.30, talk a little NBA and MLB. Full breakdown of the game ones, like I mentioned, including Hawks Eat, which tips off in about 60 minutes. 15 MLB 
games on this slate. We'll talk about them in the second hour. But first, James, let's look back at what we saw last night in the NBA. The Golden State Warriors, they defeat the Denver Nuggets 123 to 107. I know you're out there in Denver. Hopefully the Nuggets fans not too sad about what we saw in game one. Golden State covers the six and a half point spread. The game goes over the total 223. What stood out to you? I think as far as the fans are concerned here, I think realistically knowing that the, the team's been shorthanded, have the Denver Nuggets all season long with MPJ basically not playing much at all this season and Jamal Murray going down last year towards the latter part of the season with his knee injury, ACL not recovered yet, probably not going to get out into this series and, and perform for the Nuggets in the playoffs here. I think for the Warriors, for me, it was all about let's see what Steph Curry looks like coming out. Coming, He missed about a month with that foot strain and talked about minute restrictions. Well, he definitely was on a restriction yesterday because they didn't really need him. He only played <laughs> 22 minutes yesterday and came off the bench, did not start. Uh, first half, finding his timing, having to find some rhythm, didn't shoot the ball very well, two of eight from the floor in that first half, but it was his replacement in that starting lineup, Jordan Poole, Femi. Yes. Man, young fella had himself a game, got off to a hot start, plays with a lot of confidence, six for six in the first half, 17 points for a game-high 30 points in his playoff debut. Sensational game by Jordan Poole yesterday. Yeah, Poole, 30 points. That was a game-high there, five for seven from three-point range. Clay Thompson making his playoff return after missing the last two seasons. Seasons, 19 points, 5 of 10 from three-point range for Clay. Nikola Jokic, though, 25 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. And while that's a good game on paper, he's probably going to need to do a little bit more if this Denver team wants to get back into this series and even things up coming up in game two. The other game that we saw that I thought was really interesting, James, was out in Minnesota and the Memphis Grizzlies over there in Memphis. The Timberwolves, they beat the Grizzlies, stealing home court advantage and game one, 130 to 117. The Timberwolves, they cover as six and a half point dogs, goes over the total of 238. And we talked about this with uh, with Jeff Parles yesterday during the show about Memphis is now in this favored role, which is kind of unfamiliar to them in the postseason. And we saw that come to comfort come to fruition, I should say, yesterday afternoon. Yeah, and I think for Memphis. This was their first play. I, I know we're we're not referencing this past week's play-in games as an actual playoff, but to me they are playoffs because four out of those six games are survive in advance, win and lose and go home. And in this case here for Minnesota, being able to beat the Clippers in that play-in game at home, albeit, but coming back in that fourth quarter, what were they down? Eight, ten points with maybe five, six minutes to go. Carl mm -hmm. Anthony Towns in foul trouble all game long in that matchup against the Clippers and then fouled out. And that's honestly when Minnesota made their run and their push to take the lead and, and ultimately take that game down. Maybe some momentum coming from that, from having, in a sense, play at a high level, having to play at a playoff level for the Minnesota T-Wolves. So already kind of got that out of the way, nerves out of the way, now coming in with some momentum, already playing at a playoff type of intensity, and now playing the Grizz. And I think we saw that early. I mean, Minnesota had played Number one, Carl Anthony Towns needed to redeem himself after that really poor performance, not yeah. only with the foul trouble, just didn't play well at all when he was on the floor for the T-Wolves in that game and had a tremendous game yesterday, 29 points, 13 boards. And then it was the Anthony Edwards show coming out. Man, young fella is a player. 
and kind of lost up there in Minnesota, right? Just a young player, second-year player. I think he is the fourth player in NBA history at 20 years old or younger to score 30 points in a playoff game. And he got whatever he wanted, wherever he wanted on the floor. I think the thinking about this game here, uh, the out-hustled the Grizz on the glass. They, out they got 11 offensive boards and out-rebounded Memphis by 11 collective rebounds in the game. And we're able to – the one concern for me with Minnesota is they had a lot of turnovers. A lot of turnovers, 18 turnovers in that game, but only turned into 11 points for, Min for Memphis off those turnovers. And then for the Grizzlies – uh, if it wasn't for Bain and Brooks hitting Bain, Desmond Bain and, and Dylan Brooks hitting, they went six for 12 from three-point range. The rest of the Grizzlies shot just one for 15 from mm -hmm. beyond the arc. So that was a struggle shooting the basketball for the Grizzlies. Didn't really match the intensity or the hustle of what we saw from Minnesota. And Minnesota kept it up for an entirety of four quarters, 48 minutes. Great performance utilizing and riding that momentum from that play-in game against the Clippers last week. Yeah, we're seeing Memphis now seven-point favorites in game two Tuesday night. The total on that one, 241 and a half, so even higher than the closing total that we saw in game one. I want to ask you about this series price, though, with this Grizzlies-T-Wolves um, series because it was minus 375 for Memphis prior to game one. Now I'm seeing at BetMGM minus 140. That just goes how big of a swing it was from the drop game one at home. Do you think that there is a buy low spot in Memphis? Are you confident in the Grizzlies to go ahead and get another one back there in the Twin Cities? I think that right now, what does home court really matter in the NBA? It's just not something where, you know, the, the, these series are going to be stretched out. So it's not like these teams are doing these, these back-to-backs or anything like that. So I, I think as far as... The, the rest is concerned, not an issue for any of these teams going forward with the way that they parcel out these games throughout the NBA playoffs. And, you know, home court really uh, did, obviously didn't matter to the T-Wolves to the having to go on the road in their first real playoff game mm -hmm. in, in quite a long time. Uh, but the Grizzlies, I think they, there are some things that are correctable for them. I think for one, again, the, the rebounds. A lot of times rebounding is just about its position for one, but it, so much of it is just desire and effort. And we saw the hustle coming from the T-Wolves more so than the Grizzlies hitting the glass. I think we'll see a different game because the, the biggest thing for the Grizzlies is uh, Jaron Jackson was in foul trouble for the majority of the game on and off the floor when he was on the floor and not getting into foul trouble played well defensively at seven blocks and, and but they've got to keep him on the floor he only played 24 minutes you got to be able to play defense without fouling I think the Grizzlies have some things that they can work through better defensively moving your feet anticipating beating guys to spots and also for Jaron Jackson a couple of those fouls were offensive fouls so recognizing where the defense is for Minnesota and maybe dishing that ball off before you take that extra dribble or that extra step so I think we'll see a better game for sure out of Jaron Jackson and Morant was fine he played his game yesterday got to the foul line I think that was the biggest yeah. thing for the Grizzlies 43 free throw attempts in that game with John Morant having nearly half of those at 20 attempts from the line I think the Grizzlies will be just fine I think they should be able to ear even the series up at one and move on to Minnesota tied in game three. You mentioned Anthony Edwards and how terrific he was in game one. How about Tyrese Maxey for the Philadelphia 76ers? Yeah. 38 points there for Maxey in the starting lineup. Plus 20 was his plus minus as the Sixers go ahead and beat the Raptors 131 to 111. Philadelphia covers the four and a half point spread. The game flies over the total of 216. The Sixers team, a lot of people wanted to fade them, James, and here they are with an yeah. impressive performance after game one. Yeah, plenty of talk about, well, is this, if, if you're looking for series prices or mm -hmm. which team is going to be the lower seed to upset the, the higher seed, is it Toronto? A lot of 
talk about that all week long. Well, you know who heard about that talk was the 76ers about being upset <laughs> by the Toronto Raptors, and they had lost their season series 3-1 to 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 the to Toronto, but feeling like, hey, they were upset about having to hear that all week. There's plenty of talent on that team with the Sixers. We know that, but one whole lot of talk about Tyrese Maxey. If anything, it was going to be the fact that when they crossed the border going for games three and four and potentially game six going into Toronto, that uh, Matisse Thibel not being available because of his vaccination status. How is that going to impact the Sixers? Not a whole lot of talk about Tyrese Maxey, man. He sure may, yeah. he's, he is going to be on people's radar now. Tremendous game. Plays with so much confidence, too. And I think we saw that from the Sixers. I mean, they got whatever shot that they wanted, hit 50% from three-point range. And, you know, you're, you're, you know what you're you're going to get out of Embiid and really didn't have to be that big of a factor. He got to the line 11 times, didn't shoot the ball particularly well from the floor. Uh, but I think the biggest thing was for the Sixers played a really clean game. We saw Harden go back to what we saw last year when yeah. he was with the Brooklyn Nets, be that facilitator, had 14 assists yesterday and just one turnover for the Sixers collectively for that Philadelphia 76ers team, just three turnovers in the game. So a super efficient, very clean game from the 76ers from the turnover standpoint, 43 made baskets coming off a of 29 assists. Incredibly efficient game from the Sixers. We'll have to see a much better defensive effort from the Raptors come game two. Yeah, James Harden, 22 points, 14 assists. If he's going to play like that, the Sixers team is definitely live to come out of the Eastern Conference. But it's only one game. It's only right. one game. And we tend to see these series play out with these Doc Rivers coach teams as the series prolongs, they get a little bit worse once the other team starts to make those adjustments. I'm very fascinated to see how this unfolds here. The, the Raptors can still win this series. Like, the, the Sixers did what they were supposed to do. They held serve at home, winning game one. But we'll see if this one ends up being that long series that many believe, because I do believe that favors the Toronto Raptors if this goes six or seven games. We're just getting warmed up here, though, on betting across America. We'll talk a little Mavs jazz. Luka Doncic, his status uncertain for game two. We'll discuss it. And turn our attention to Hawks Heat tipping off in less than an hour. It's day two of the NBA playoffs, and it's Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so... 
there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe hanging out here at the Visa Studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. James Salinas out in Colorado. We're hanging out with you guys for the next three hours. It is day two of the NBA playoffs. Four games tipping off today. First one in less than an hour between the Hawks and the Heat. We'll get into that in just a bit. But how about what we saw, James, yesterday afternoon between the Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks? Utah goes ahead and steals game one there as the favorite, 99 to 93. They cover that five and a half point spread, just barely winning by six. The game goes well under the total of 208. A lot of steam on that under, and it comes home. Kind of looked like a 1990s style of basketball game there, but interesting performance from Utah, which started slow, and then all of a sudden, Donovan Mitchell rose to the occasion. Yeah, 32nd half points for Donovan Mitchell. I think that, but that came on 29 shots. And I think what we mm. see from Donovan Mitchell is for the Jazz, it, it's really their offense just revolves around Conley or Mitchell getting high ball screens and then kind of seeing, being reactive to how the defense, how their opponents defend that and and then kind of making their play from there. But a lot of times we've watched the Jazz and yeah, Donovan Mitchell is a tremendous scorer and great ability to score at all three levels on the floor, but sometimes it just, his teammates get caught ball watching because he's sitting there testing the ball for air while everybody just stands around waiting for him to make a decision of what he's going to do with the basketball. And 
Th that's going to work right now, and it worked yesterday, although the Mavs made it close and had an opportunity with about a minute to go, just down one. Really poor, poor closeout from Spencer Didwinny on that big shot by Royce O'Neal to, yeah. to put him up by four in that game with less than a minute. But I, I don't know. I, I think for we, we look at the Dallas Mavericks and, and did a really good job protecting the basketball. Only seven turnovers in that game, but did not shoot the ball well. 38% from the floor, just 9 of 32 from three, and obviously they're missing Luka out there. Everything's going to facilitate and flow through their offense with Luka Doncic. Will he and when he is able to get back out on the floor. I think teams are going to be very cautious when it comes to calf injuries. It's really unfortunate, Femi. He went down in the yeah. last game last, was it last Sunday, right? The yep. last game G of the season. Game 82. Down and I know, and we're, we've seen that. We saw it with Durant and, and other players where they're going to overcompensate with these with these calf injuries, overcompensate. Giraffe tore his Achilles from there. Uh, we, we've seen it with other injuries. Think about Clay Thompson off the knee injury, then the Achilles injury, and, and so I think they're probably going to have to err on the side of caution here with Luka. Not that he's he will come back, probably not going to be any 100%. Hopefully he gets back sooner rather than later because I really like the Mavs' chances to get this Jazz team that felt like they were, gonna, they were really imploding as the season uh, was winding down, but huge break for the Jazz not having Luka out there, and that's going to be the struggle for the Mavs consistently to score over the course of 48 minutes. Going to be tough to match up on that side of the floor with the Jazz. Yeah, the, the, the Utah Jazz now minus 700, I believe it is, on the series price. Mavs plus 525, which is an interesting series to bet on because we don't know when Luka Doncic is going to come back. Like right now, the status is, quote, uncertain from the reports out of the Dallas camp. So Luka's status, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's likely that he'll play game two. It's kind of yeah. the Mavs got the short end of the stick in terms of the scheduling because game two is tomorrow. Like, it's on Monday, so it's not like there's a, a two-day buffer in between like we see with some of these series as they try to stagger the TV schedule. So Dallas now going to have to try to win this thing without Luka Doncic, at least it looks like, for the foreseeable future. Maybe he can come back game three out there in Salt Lake City. Would you be interested in betting into this series price, maybe taking a flyer on Dallas if Luka were to return in this series? I'd have to see how he performs out there because we're talking about the calf injury again. And, and those things linger. Those take a while. And, and again, I think teams, and in particular here for the Mavericks, have to be very cautious because we've seen season-ending injuries. Thinking about, again, Kevin Durant pull, tearing his Achilles when he was dealing with his calf injury, not Fully, not fully healthy at 100% with that calf injury. And you are going to overcompensate, and that's un uh, really unfortunate. So probably not. I, I just think Lucas, obviously, Lucas is one of the best players in the NBA, and everything facilitates through their offense with the Mavericks surrounding Luka. And even if he steps out on the court, he's not going to be anywhere close to 100%. Then as, the, as he progresses and the series progresses, what happens to that calf? It starts to get sore. It's easy to re-aggravate that or make the injury worse. I probably will just stay away from this series and look to – fade the Jazz as they move on most likely to the second round. Yeah, let's turn our attention to the games happening today. The first game one that will be taking place in Miami. We're going to South Beach. Hawks taking on the Miami Heat. This is the 1-8 matchup out there in the Eastern Conference. Right now, the spread is at six and a half here. But I'm seeing some sevens populate in the market. But BetMGM has six and a half. The Miami Heat are the favorites in this one. The total is hovering around 220 and a half. John Collins will play for the Atlanta Hawks. That report came out earlier this morning. But in terms of the series, Series price, Miami minus 375, Atlanta plus 300. Before we get into the game one specifics here, James, let's talk about this series. How do you see this series kind of playing out? Is it Miami in four or five, or can Atlanta be feisty and make this a longer series? 
Femi, you mentioned John Collins coming back. Now, he hasn't played since March 11th. He went out, he had a, a tear in his foot, the plantar fascia. That He had an issue with his foot, as well as then an issue with his finger on his shooting hand. So he hasn't played oh, in basically five to six weeks. So it's going to take him some time just to get acclimated, get his competitive legs back under him, and then have to step up to the intensity and, and the speed of playoff NBA basketball. And how healthy is he coming back? That remains to be seen, and they're going to need him because Capella is not going to play. So there's another. They're really just thin on the front line. That's the biggest concern for me with the Hawks. That front line, in particular, to be able to rebound. And how is that going to look for for the Hawks to be able to play? Not only hit the glass, but then defensively when you're when you're hurting for rim protectors and paint protectors there, and then you're having to play half-court defense against the Miami Heat. And I think the one thing with the Miami Heat that we've seen, and Spolstra, Spolstra's a coach, Femi, I think just doesn't get enough run. He's been mm -hmm. such a, he's been there for such a long time, right? And we think about him when, oh, well, you had the big three and you had great yeah. talent with Dwayne Wade and, and also having Bosch and, and LeBron back in the day and winning your titles, those kind of, I mean, he is, I think he's a great in-game coach. He's a great series adjusting coach. And that's going to be the issue here for the Hawks defensively, because you're going to have to have different rotations now. Not sure again, how healthy Collins is going to be and how long he, how many minutes he's going to be able to play at a high level out there for the Hawks on the defensive side, because Miami's going to run a lot of off ball action there. They run a lot of things and they run a lot of things for Robinson and hero to get them going, get some off uh, moving them off the ball a lot of staggered screens to get them open looks early Atlanta's really going to have to do a great job defensively in the half court communicating with each other making sure guys are in the correct health position whether they're switching or getting over screens whatever that might look like I think it's going to be a struggle for Miami because of the, the where they're at on the front line really being thin because of the injuries again unfortunate situation rolling into the playoffs you want to see these teams being at full strength and that's where the Hawks are just really limited on the interior but can somebody like, and we saw it on uh, the other night on Friday against the uh, against the Cavs, and there's the Trey Young show in the second half. We know he's fully capable of doing that. We saw the great run that Atlanta had through the playoffs last year. They can build, take that confidence in here and have some momentum coming in, in a sense, having played two playoff games already rolling into this matchup, maybe getting involved with the first half here with the Hawks already playing at a higher level and Miami maybe a little bit sleepy, haven't played a big game for, for quite a while. Uh, I think right now I just got to see the status of these bigs and how well Collins is going to be able to perform and how healthy he is before I get involved with the bet. Yeah, it's it's so many things that are coming around with this Miami Heat and this Atlanta Hawks series. Bam Adebayo, he's been kind of uncertain in terms of his status. Looks like he will play later on this afternoon here. But Miami as a team, I mean, they're like the forgotten team that a lot of people are yeah. just not talking about in the Eastern Conference. I mean, Boston, the number two seed, is talked about quite a bit here. Brooklyn is talked about. Philadelphia, after yesterday's performance, is now kind of reemerged as a contender that people are buying into. But Miami's a team with the number one seed in their path would seemingly be the easiest here in the Eastern Conference. Do you like this Miami team to potentially get to a conference finals at least or maybe even punch their ticket to the NBA finals, which they did just a couple of years ago with Spolstra and company? Well, I definitely like them from the from the coaching aspect there. You talked about the bubble run that they made to the finals in 2020. I think where they really 
were, were hurting was depth of experience in the backcourt. And now you have that with Kyle Lowry brings that championship medal from his, his days there in Toronto when they won a few years ago. We know it was Kawhi Leonard was really the driver for that, but it, mm -hmm. uh, Kyle Lowry had his hands all over that, that, you know, he had his fingerprints on that championship trophy too. So he's going to bring that experience and that confidence as a veteran player to this Miami Heat backcourt. I do. I, I think this team is, it's, not talking about them a lot because there's this isn't the flashy team, right? It's not having these big stars coming over. You don't have the big three or the big two and all the, the talk about Brooklyn and, and some of these other teams. The Lakers, family, I'm so glad the Lakers are out of this. <laughs> it seems like this talk about the Lakers each and every day. Well, we don't have to talk about that anymore, so I'm sorry I brought that up. Just had to say that because now yeah, I, was I won't, say, we won't have to fault now. <laughs> I know, it's my fault, but I won't have to say it again because we're not going to have to talk about them for the next two months, which is great. But I, I just think, I think for the Heat, yeah, it's just, this is not a flashy team it's not really a team that you know Jimmy Butler I guess if, if, if you're looking for a star that's the star on this team when he's out there and it's kind of been for for Jimmy Butler kind of hit and miss where he's been over over the last couple of years being available all the time now it's playoff time they'll get after it now but we saw that last year thinking that they were going to give Milwaukee really a great run and that in the play, and they got hammered so yeah, yeah I, I think they have a great shot to come out of the east but uh, we can talk about them now but there's plenty more to talk about with some of these other teams and the star power that's out there in the eastern conference definitely this game especially as it pertains to game number one the total has seen some steam to the over open 215 and a half now 220 and a half i want to ask you about this total here and if maybe we could play the other side with the under coming up on the other side this is betting across america presented by betm this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The NFL Draft is right here in Las Vegas, and we'll have extensive coverage, including mock drafts from Matt Humans. Michael Lombardi, a former NFL GM, will give his draft analysis. VEASAN host Mike Pritchard, who was a first-round pick, and Sean King, a Super Bowl champion, will give you insights on what you can bet on. Also, legendary sports broadcaster and voice of the Las Vegas Raiders, Brent Musburger, will give his draft best bets in our NFL Draft betting guide. Sign up today to get full access to VEASAN through the NFL Draft for only $19 at VEASAN.com slash draft. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe rolling alongside James Salinas out there in Colorado. James, we were talking Hawks heat, and the total in this game one is really interesting to me because we saw it open 215 and a half, I believe it was. Yeah, 215 and a half. Now, 220 and a half, so a lot of steam to the over. And what we saw with yesterday's games, three of those four games went well over their totals there. The only game going under was the rock fight between the Jazz and the Mavericks. What do you make of that movement there, seeing a five-point move with the total here to the over? Yeah. Potentially just feeling like what we've seen out of Atlanta, the tempo that they want to try to play with, with uh, because I think this is a team that doesn't want to have to try to get into a lot of half court sets against Miami and uh, against that defense. I just, the, the, we look at statistics and I'm very cautious when I look at to see what happened in the regular season and try to apply what happened over the course of 82 games in the NBA season for each team, how that translates into the playoffs because playoffs are a completely different animal. You mentioned the overs yesterday. That wasn't the case during the week in the play-in scenarios. Yeah. All six of those games were to the under because I think there was more urgency there for at four out of those six games. You you win, you advance, you lose, you go home and you're getting, there's more urgency. You're going to value the basketball more. You're going to work the shot clock more, working through your sets half court and I think for this game in particular for the Hawks my biggest concern is just it's not sexy when we look 
look at statistics and you talk about rebounding. But rebounding <laughs> is really, to me, the unsung piece uh, of basketball at, at any level, where we're talking college or the NBA. And I biggest problem for me here is what is it going to look like for the Hawks? Because really, they're the best two rebounders. We know Clint Capella is not going to be out there. Capella, really the veteran presence on the interior for the Hawks, averages 11 board, basically 12 boards per game, four of which were coming on the offensive side too. But John Collins coming back today, haven't played in basically six weeks, not sure how fully healthy he is. A lot of times when teams will kind of just rely on a couple guys to do all the dirty work on the interior to have to bang around in there and, and clear the boards, a lot of times those guys out on the outside are looking to leak out for transition. That's not going to be the case today for Atlanta. They're going to have to they're going to have to have five guys, five, five players committed to defensive boards on that side of the floor, which will slow the tempo down for them. But I think I'm just going to be an in-game player here. That's what I did mm -hmm. yesterday. I didn't make any plays prior to tip-off. I played two games yesterday, both in-game, lost one and won one. Uh, so one and one yesterday as far as my NBA bets were concerned. But it was all in-game just looking at the difference between playoff as opposed to what we see out of the regular season. It's interesting because when I look at this Atlanta Hawks team and the reason why they made the Eastern Conference Finals a year ago was Ice Trey. Trey Young, absolutely fantastic playoff performer there. He's turned into the villain of the playoffs here over the last couple of years. And during the regular season, Trey Young's numbers, he averaged 28 points per game, just under 10 assists per game. I believe he had the most points scored and the most assists. First player to do that in a long time in the association. But, James, when you look at how he performs against the Miami Heat, those numbers drop just a little bit here. He averages about 25 points per game in the games this season against the Heat, only 7.3 assists, and if the Heat have the answer to stop Ice Trey, this could be a very, very quick series here, James. Uh, well, and I expect them that that's good. Obviously, that's going to be the focal point for the Miami Heat defense. How are they going to defend him in ball screens? And are they, uh, I would assume you're probably going to have a few different bodies on him, doubling the ball, trying to get the ball out of his hands, potentially playing when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, playing off the help, not being in a help position off of Trey Young, make him have to work, put somebody on him uh, from ear to chest denied, make him have to work as hard as he can offensively to get the basketball in his hands. And then I think on the other side, and this is what we see out of the Miami Heat, a lot of off-ball actions. They'll run their guards into a lot of screens off the ball. I'd be looking, I'm suspecting we're going to see that with Spolster and crew. Who is Trey Young guarding? Let's move him around off the ball. Run Trey Young. He's not a big fella out there. Mm -hmm. Let him try to wear him down on the defensive side, banging him, running him into a number of off-ball screens. I just want to see it first. These are the things that, that we can contemplate and kind of project out and, and anticipate that'll happen, but I want to see it on the court first, but that's what I suspect. Make Trey Young have to work on both sides of the floor for the basketball offensively and then defensively be very physical with him off the ball, running him into a lot of screens. Yeah, I mean, that's how a lot of people try to stop Steph Curry out there for Golden State is yep. trying to make him have to defend those screens and go around screens and just wear him down there. Hopefully that uh, hurts those shooting legs on the offensive yep. end of the floor. The game that everybody is absolutely fired up for today. I'm fired up for it out in Boston. The Brooklyn Nets taking on the Boston Celtics over at BetMGM. The Celtics, four and a half point favorites, but four and a half at even money. If you want that four in the hook with Brooklyn, you got to pay minus 120. The total, 225 and a half. But the series price, I think, is the most interesting point for me here because Boston, minus 140 at BetMGM, while the Nets, plus 115 to win this series. And this series has a lot of dynamics for it, but at just kind of the parachute kind of view from the, from the top, how do you kind of see this series playing out here between Boston and Brooklyn, James? I think this is going to be a long series. Uh, I, 
you have anytime you have Kyrie and in particular KD on that side and KD's healthy. So any, we know not only can KD take over a game, he can take over a series. He's just that phenomenal of a score at all three levels on the court, able to get his shot off against any defender with his size, his length, his ability to shoot over the top of whoever Boston runs out on him. And I think the key here for for Boston defensively, not having Robert Williams to try really kind of man and, and do the paint and the rim protection for Boston that really allowed guys like Brown and Smart to be overly aggressive out on the perimeter, right? They can they can be more be more adept than one pass away out in the out in the passing lanes uh, to gamble for steals and and put more pressure on their ball. They they can be they can be more aggressive out on the perimeter and knowing that they had Robert Williams on the inside to help protect them if they were beat off the dribble or off the ball based on their their aggressiveness on the on the wings. Not having that now, that's going to be the concern for me for the Celtics to. Uh, to, to be able to get consistent stops against the Brooklyn Nets. And, and you have two guys that are tremendous with the ball in their hands to score, but also command a lot of, uh, a lot of defensive attention regardless of who's guarding them on the ball, you still have to be aware of where that ball is and where you are in relation to, to the pro appropriate help, especially on the ball side. So that's what I want to see in this first game here. And how are, how is Boston going to defend the Celtics or the Nets in the half court, not through transition, but in the half court without Robert Williams, I did get involved here Femi, I did a small play. I just did a half a unit. That's all I've been doing in the NBA. Yesterday, mm -hmm. both plays were just half units. I'm just doing a half unit here with Brooklyn. I did take the four and a half. Okay. I did like 15 cents with that, but I took the number. I just feel like this is going to be a this is going to be a game of runs. We're going to see a lot of 8-0, 10 to two type of runs, and it's going to be a roller coaster of a of a game and a roller coaster of a series. Uh, one of the issues you, you had mentioned this, and we can get into the series prices about this, was I, I still feel like Boston's going to be the better team, and uh, but it's going to be a deeper series. So rather than laying that price with Boston as a favorite, you had a couple opportunities to get in with Boston, whether it's winning in six games and or seven games for plus prices. So would you have any interest? Where are you going with this series, Femi? Are you interested in Boston laying that short price for the entirety of the series? Or do you think it's going to go longer and maybe have to put two bets in there but get a better plus price? It's funny because you absolutely read my mind because my question to you was going to be, do you play those exact scores of Nets and six, yeah. Nets and seven, or Celtics and six, or Celtics and seven? Because I find it hard to believe that either of these teams will be able to win in four or five, in my opinion there. And right. I think I'm leaning towards Brooklyn to win the series. I, I agree with you that Boston is the better team and they deserve to be favored here, but I just can't get out of my mind of picturing this game, like let's say game six or game seven, we're tied up and three minutes to go, game is tied. Which team do I want in that situation? I'm going to want the team that has Kevin Durant in that situation. He is an absolutely all-time great player, and he's the best player in this series far and away. Now, Boston, in terms of what they're able to do defensively, is really elite, but without Robert Williams, like you mentioned, it drops off just a little bit, and something like that can swing this series when you're having to defend Kevin Durant. Now, I'm curious to see what happens with Ben Simmons, because the reports from Adrian Wojnarowski over at ESPN yesterday was that Simmons was going to try to play in this series. He's ramping up his practice workload now doing stuff with his teammates no longer just practicing off to the side if Simmons can come back that definitely makes Brooklyn's defense a little bit better maybe you can throw a Ben Simmons on a Jason Tatum for about 20 to 25 minutes per night there so I think Brooklyn has the upside to not only win this series but to make a deep playoff run and if they do win this series I think it's
it's in six and seven. And the graphic that we had up front, BetMGM, I mean, it's Nets in four to two, that's plus 400. And Nets in seven, plus 550. That's where I would go in this series if I were to bet the series price. And those are those are much better prices. I agree. This is not going to be a five-game series. Not going to be a sweep, but not going to be a five-game series on either side. I think you're mentioned about Ben Simmons. I don't. It, when's the last time we've seen him on the court? And does that yeah. serve it? Where's his Where's his competitive legs right now? Yeah, <laughs> on-ball defender. But it's more than just playing on the ball. You have to play within the team concept of half-court defense with five guys understanding where you're supposed to be and being able to communicate. It almost feels like a, collectively in a half-court, it'd be more of a distraction. Although he's a terrific on-ball defender. Yeah. You mentioned home court advantage not meaning that much in the NBA but I want to ask you about the home court advantage at the Garden because I think it might be rocking today with it being Easter Sunday out there in Boston on the other side talk the big take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president and then you have China and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Jim is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code VSIN200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 Moneyline wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM all season long. Sign up today with the king of sportsbooks. Eligibility restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit free bets expire in seven days from issuance please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in Nevada and Mississippi Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside James Salinas out there in Colorado. We got Hawks Heat tipping off in about 20 minutes over there on South Beach. But let's continue our discussion of Nets-Celtics. This game tips off 12.30 afternoon, 3.30 over there on the East Coast. And home court advantage is something that is not big in the NBA. But, James, I think it might be big in Boston because the crowd there is always electric, especially in a prime spot TV marquee view experience like this afternoon's game will be between the Nets and the Seas. Yeah, you're going to have the crowd behind you for sure, and that'll give you an extra adrenaline boost and, and keep your confidence high when you're when you're going through the swings of this series. And that's uh, this is going to be because there's so many great scorers out there for both of these teams. We're going to see such a roller coaster of of runs when it comes to scoring in these games, and in particular here with the Celtics playing at home, having that advantage. Usually, the, when you talk about home court advantage in in any sport, it's the seventh game is where yeah, if it comes down to a seven game. We'd much rather be playing that game at home than on yeah. the road. But you get a team, you you get veteran players like Kyrie, and in particular, you mentioned it, Femi, with with Kevin Durant. So those guys feed off that, right? They come in and they like to be the villain. They want to come in and be that dagger. And they're veteran players who have won. They've won titles. They're not going to be afraid of the the, the situation. They won't be intimidated to go into to these environments. I hate to say hostile environments when we're talking <laughs> about any kind of sport, unless they're fire and batteries. It might be they're, today. <laughs> and they could be, right? You know, those they can get pretty volatile there in Boston as well as a few other places. And Philly, Philadelphia always comes to mind when we think about <laughs> Philly fan and how how uh, how intense they get and and how boisterous they get against the opposing teams. But I, I think really for a seven game series, it's really only going to matter in that seventh game if it gets there. And then for the Celtics, they'll have that advantage. And, you know, we, we talk about home court advantage. One of the advantages I saw just trying to relate to last year. I think about the the Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. and how well they played at home and that crowd that was at home for them in Phoenix. Man, yeah. that was a really uh, raucous crowd there too. And that was a young outside of Chris Paul. That was a young team. And I think for young teams, it means more to play at home. You're having the crowd on your side. It 
does give a boost to to not only your energy level but your confidence level as well but for a veteran team like the nets i especially with the star power there that's been there and done that for such a long time they kind of relish the role of going on the road to be that dagger. Yeah, I think the atmosphere could be hostile for one Kyrie Irving because he didn't have the best ending with the Boston Celtics, and those fans would love nothing more than to give Kyrie the business. So I think anytime he touches the ball, expect the boobirds to be loud in the garden. One guy that can silence those boobirds, though, is Kevin Durant. I mean, we talked about him in the last segment, how awesome Kevin Durant is. Might have been the MVP if he stayed healthy with this net squad. He averaged just under 30 points per game this season seven rebounds six assists and that's kind of where he hovers against the Boston Celtics 29 five and eight are his season averages against Boston does Katie have to be superhuman in your opinion for the Nets to win this series no, I don't think so because you've got Kyrie Irving that can also make plays and handle the ball and, and score the basketball when necessary. And the fact that we know with Kyrie, he, he wants to get in that mid-range, wants to get into the paint and, and create opportunities to score not only for himself but for other players and not having Robert Williams in there as that paint and rim protector, that's going to be key to watch here. I, I'm just – I look at and, – and I think I probably won't really get involved with player props – until we see a couple games, and that's going to be for most every one of these series, Femi, is seeing the adjustments that are made. We know there's in-game adjustments, and then we know from game to game, there's going to be coaching coaching adjustments based on personnel and matchups, and you might see that over the course of the first couple games in a series. But by the time we get to games three and four of any of these series, you've made your adjustments. Now it's mm -hmm. a matter of that whatever those adjustments look like, guys having to go out and execute and perform. That's usually when I'll get involved with certain player props. I'm looking at the player props right now for this game, and KD right sitting there right now. And his total, his points total is sitting at 30 and a half. It's juiced to the under pretty heavily at $1.25. Yeah, and and Kyrie Irving on the other side at 26 and a half, juice slightly at a dollar 20. We've looking more so. I think with one thing we know when it comes to the Boston side with Jason Tatum, he's another one that could put a, a 50 spot on on you at any time. He did that earlier this year yeah. against the the Nets, and his point total is sitting at 30 and a half. I think everything's going to flow through Jason Tatum, and as great of a player as a young player as he is, and his ability to score at all three levels on that half court, sometimes. Teams get caught, or the offense get caught kind of ball watching and just watching Tatum. Another one that kind of really uh, tests the ball for air a lot, does a lot of dribbling <laughs> without going anywhere. But it, it, we, we talk about guys that, that put the ball on the floor, and it's one thing you can put on the floor and you're making, you're attacking. But sometimes Tatum just kind of back and forth through the legs around and, and does a lot of dribbling without really going anywhere, drives the clock down and really kind of becomes stagnant offensively for his teammates on the other side. Sitting at 30 and a half, if I was going to play a point prop in this game, I'd be looking at Jason Tatum going over his 30 and a half rather than jumping on KD or wow. Kyrie in this first game. Because I want to just see how they how they facilitate their offense without having Robert Williams in the paint for yeah. Boston. I feel like maybe it's going to be more of a Kyrie-dominated half-court set with him facilitating the offense. And, and I agree with you because I don't think Brooklyn right now has anybody that can guard Jason Tatum over the course of the game. Now, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant can guard him, but I don't think we'll ever see that until maybe five minutes to go in the game. Maybe they'll pick their spots here and there to use KD on Tatum, right. but typically Brooklyn's not going to want to use KD, all of KD's energy on guarding Jason Tatum. So Tatum, especially in quarters one, two, and three, can really find some success there on the perimeter. He's a terrific scorer. I mean, averages about 27 per game, averages 29 and a half points per game against the Brooklyn Nets there. Until Ben Simmons gets back, maybe these Tatum prop over are the look here throughout this series. 
Tatum, though, is interesting because now he's starting to be seen in this light of the superstars. And Jason Tatum, in my opinion, is a terrific young player. I'm not sure if he's just quite there yet, but if he's going to be a superstar, this is a series he's got to lead his team to in terms of a victory. Right. What do you think of Tatum, the player, and if he can almost kind of match what KD is able to do there to cancel out all of Durant's production? That's what's going to be so interesting about this series. Now it falls on Tatum to, to, from what you did in the regular season, and he's had some runs. They they made a run in the in the playoff bubble a couple years ago, falling short in the what Eastern Conference Final to Miami. But I think for Tatum, he definitely has the ability. Now we just have to see it in a playoff setting here for the Boston Celtics to lead this team because they can sometimes fall into this one-on-one rut offensively uh, because they don't really have a true facilitator at the point guard position, right? Marcus Smart's mm. not that guy. And really, Brown is not that kind of guy. They really kind of feed, especially Jalen Brown, feeds better off the ball. Tremendous player in transition. Great finisher at the rim. Tremendous athlete and a slasher. But his point total is kind of high here. It's sitting, I was looking at Jalen Brown. He's sitting at 26 and a half and it's juiced to the over at $1.30. I'm not going to get involved. I'm looking at it, though. This seems kind of high for Jalen Brown in the first game where it just feels like if this is going to be a, a a scoring, you know, back and forth between KD, Kyrie, and Jason Tatum, that Jason Tatum will tend to dominate that ball. And I don't know if we'll see as many shots coming for Jalen Brown. That might be one I'd be more interested in is looking at Jalen Brown off the ball, sitting at 26 and a half, looking at the under. It is juiced to the over, like I said, at $1.30. Yeah, Jalen Brown, he's the sidekick for Jason Tim. It's kind of like the first couple of years these guys were together, it was like, okay, who's going to emerge as the best player for this team? Is it going to be Tatum? Is it going to be Brown? And on any given night, it could have been either one, but Tatum really has emerged as the go-to guy. He's going to be either all NBA first team or second team for sure this season. So Tatum is the guy that the Celtics are going to have to lean on to try to go blow for blow with right. Kevin Durant, who's one of the all-time greats. I mean, Kevin Durant, he's a multiple-time finals MVP. And in my opinion, I'm curious to get your thoughts Playoff pedigree matters at most in the NBA than any other sport, in my opinion, because it tends to be an older guy's kind of like you got to go through the fire of the postseason before you can finally climb the mountaintop and win that championship. And Kevin Durant has done that. He has the playoff pedigree. Kyrie Irving has the playoff pedigree. He's hit arguably the biggest shot in NBA history in that game seven against the Golden State Warriors. Like, the Brooklyn Nets and why I kind of like them to win this series, whether it be in six and seven, is because they have that playoff pedigree. How much does that factor into your handicap here in this series? Absolutely, it does. It, they're not going to shy away from the moment in the fourth quarter, late in the game, couple minutes to go, tie game, close game, got to have a basket. They're not going to shy away from taking the ball and taking that shot and then having the confidence and the experience to make that shot. It's one thing to want to take it. It's another thing to actually yeah. make it. They can do both because they've been there and done that, like you said, Femi. Not scared at all are the Brooklyn yeah. Nets. Another team that earned some playoff pedigree last year, the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending NBA champions, and they're taking on the Chicago Bulls in the Eastern Conference Series coming up later on this afternoon. We'll discuss that. Also turn our attention to the Diamond MLB slate here to start our number two. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 